Long ago on a hillside, Jesus was delivering a prominent sermon called Beatitudes. It is how we call it. Probably he called it differently. It was a very unique sermon because it was composed of short declarative statements of Old Testament teachings that were supposed to be to bring, to bring blessing to the readers. One of the blessings we are going to talk about today is found in Matthew chapter 5 verse 5 and it reads as follows. Blessed are the meek or the humble for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. The title of my sermon for today is Who are the humble that shall inherit the earth? Pray with me. Gracious God, You are calling for an unhumble person to talk about humility. And I pray that you will hide me under your wings and let your humility shine. I pray that through this sermon today we'll have an understanding or at least we'll start, start scratching the surface of what means to be humble. Thank you for being with us. And for your work, in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. You heard from me that I am not humble. Are you humble? Who can really sincerely say, I am humble? Have you been humbled ever in your life? I, I, I see some... Yeah... Do you like to be humbled? No? I don't like either. It's hard to be humbled. At times, we are putting on ourselves a robe of humbleness too. A image of humbleness. We can do random acts of humility, but having an act of humility doesn't really equate to being humble. Last Sabbath, we celebrated communion service. We had our feet washing service, which which we call 
ordinance of humility. But even that can be just a religious random act of humility without being humble. So the real question is not how many acts of humility one is able to perform, but am I truly humble in my substance of my being? The Hebrew and Greek words are not shedding much light to the meaning of humility. And it is not by chance. Because humility is not a meaning to be expressed with words, but rather is a state of being that can only be described. So today we are going to try to, to, to have a, an understanding of what is that humility that God is inviting us to have. Before we are going to read some Bible verses, I would like to take care of another uh, source, uh, linguistic source, that really influenced English language, the Latin language. Our word humility or humiliation comes from Latin word homos, which literally means earth. Or if that would be used in church language, it would equate to being meek, lowly, humble, or low on the ground. If used in social language, that would mean Lowness, small stature, insignificance, baseness, littleness of mind. Do you like to be humble? The metaphor on, on the ground is definitely an interesting one, but at the same time it is very confusing and misleading. For instance... How do you know to discern humility from humiliation? Could you be mistaken in your assessment? What might be humility for me could be a humiliation for you, and vice versa. When humility and humiliation crosses boundaries, another one, can humility be genuine or fake, and how would you distinguish between the two? Another one, can something else be mistakenly accounted for humility? For instance, I saw a mild, modest, and reserved woman who was almost a subservient to her husband. 
And I thought to myself, what a humble spirit. But I didn't know that her parents abandoned her while she was still a little child. So the question is, is her behavior an expression of humility or a hard labor to ensure her acceptance? While I was in army, I saw a young man who took with great endurance all ridicules and blows from all who were not lazy to punch him. And I thought to myself, what a humble man. But later I learned that his father and siblings abused him physically and mentally to the point that he lost the ability to defend himself or even seek for help. Is that behavior an expression of humility or a pathology caused by humiliation? Down to the ground is a very misleading concept that comes from Latin word, humus. Humble or humiliated. It appears to me that Latin word homos is very misrepresenting the concept of humility. And this is why. First, I believe that it is a misapplication of the cultural contexts to take a Latin definition of humility and placed it into a Hebraic mindset introduced and described by Moses nearly 3,000 years prior. The question is really, is Latin concept of humility compatible with Judaic understanding of humility? Let me demonstrate what I'm trying to say. Let us look into the cultural fabric of Latin mindset about homos as described in biblical record. Would you open with me Daniel chapter 7 verse 7. The Latin concept of humility which is low to the ground. After that, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. What do you see there? Down to the ground. This beast was crushing everything, devouring everything. And the residues was trampling in the dust. If this beast is the representation of the Roman Empire, 
then it gives you a very good and graphic idea what humility means for Romans. The humility for Roman army was nothing less than to devour and trample the raiments of their enemies into the dust. Historically, if a nation nation surrounded um, deliberately and fell prostrate before Rome, so to speak, on the ground, then that was considered humility and the nation might have been spared. But if Rome had to wage war against a nation and force it to surrender, then that nation was subject for humiliation and utterly destroyed. For instance, you have three horns uprooted. It gives you the idea. The Latin humus is not a metaphor of humility, but rather a metaphor of triumphant oppressor over a de- defi- pardon me, over a defeatist victim. Spiritually speaking, it is a metaphor of a precious child of God who voluntarily or involuntarily abandoned God as his creator to choose to become a subservient to the beast. Is this the kind of humility Moses was trying to introduce? Is this the kind of humility Jesus is calling you to adapt as a norm of life for you? Is this the humility that will help you enter the land? This notion of humility down to the ground is of beastly nature and not of Christ. The danger is that when we are applying the down-to-ground notion of humility to the Bible, it is automatically being treated as the inspired word of God, and we read the notion of the Latin culture in the Hebrew text. Then the beast doesn't have to do much devouring on us, because we are already running with his idea in our heads. Deliberately bringing ourselves down to the ground. As opposed to read the Bible in its own light. And to really see what God has to tell us about humility. Let me take you to a story where there is a lot of almost down to the ground activity. Exodus chapter 5, verse 6 and 9. I'm not going to read the text. But the story is about children of Israel in slavery. And they are very down to the ground. Let me ask you, 
If God wanted these people really down to the ground, so to speak humble, wouldn't Egypt be the best place for them to stay? Why did God need them out? They were certainly down to the ground. Not only down to the ground, but there actually was in dirt, making mad bricks. Really down. Are they humble or humiliated? In this story, we find three types of personalities. First type. There are people who abhorred slavery, but accepted it as their fate to the point that it became their personal identity. It became their lifestyle. A second personality are people who abhorred and rebelled against slavery but dared not to challenge the system. Instead, they preferred to use the system to their advantage, becoming the overseers over their siblings. Third type are people like Moses who tacitly would dare to challenge key people within the system, but assuming criminal means to provide injustice. All three types of personalities are the product of almost being low to the ground. If this type of humility produces a slavery mindset, if this type of humility produces lording over others just to save one's own skin from hard labor, and if this type of humility produces criminal activity in the name of justice, is it really humility? Is this humility effective? Is this the humility God wants you to have? No wonder that when God removes Moses from Egypt, Moses needs 40 years to be recalibrated until finally God could say, Moses is the humblest person on the face of of the earth. Evidently, that humility of Egypt was not the humble attitude God wanted Moses to have. God needed to recalibrate him. No wonder that when Moses finally came to Egypt, people had a hard time believing him. 
They couldn't accept the notion of breaking free from Egypt and hardly wanting to do so. Even after being delivered while in the wilderness, they still made attempts to return back to Egypt to their slave identity comfort zone. Because the low-to-the-ground humility concept fosters a crippled identity with a form of self-denial and self-depreciation, deprived of the ability to take initiatives and personal responsibility for a healthier change. This is an identity which is incompatible with the message of freedom and salvation. As you can see, the almost metaphor or low to the ground is not God's concept of humility. We explored what low to the ground meant in Latin culture. Pretty abhorrent. Let us look what low to the ground means in Hebraic culture. Open with me Ezekiel 28, 17. Listen to what God says, tells Lucifer. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the ground. I made you a spectacle of you before kings. God is throwing somebody to the ground too. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Open with me Genesis three seventeen and 19. 3, 17 and 19. Listen to what God tells to Adam. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, You must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. Verse 19. Until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Let us pay close attention. To see how it works. What God wants to communicate. In Ezekiel chapter 28, 17. Lucifer knew God firsthand. God created him. God created him in his image. Just as he created Adam in his image. But he was thrown to the ground. Why? Because he chose an alternative to God's image, Lucifer declared himself to be God. 
And as a result, he goes to the ground. Adam. He knew God firsthand. He was the only the human being that touched God or God touched him physically. He chose to disobey God and found himself and Eve with the ultimate curse. Dust you are and in dust you shall return. Why? Because Adam and Eve violated God-given image to choosing, by choosing to be recreated in the image of a self-proclaimed God proposed by serpent. Open with me Genesis 11.13. Oh, pardon me, 11.3. 11.3. We discover that there are another people who are making mud bricks. The post-Diluvian people were the first and witness of God's miraculous salvation from the flood, yet found themselves in the dust making mud bricks for the Tower of Babylon. Why? Because they betrayed God they were saved by and decided to create another means of salvation, the Tower of Babel, and they found themselves in the mud. Exodus 5, 7, we read it. The Abrahamic seed are the handpicks, the chosen of God. They have found themselves in the mud, making mud bricks as well. Why? Because they betrayed God, they were led by into the promised land and clung to the luxurious God of Egyptian materialism. They resented the promised land Pilgrimage by choosing Egypt to be their promised land. As you can see, in every case, when someone is adapting another to God's image or an alternative means for salvation and satisfaction, they end up in mud. Down to the ground in Hebraic culture means a beginning of a journey of self-eradication. To turn to dust is to disintegrate from what you have been created by God. To vanish into the dust is the highest form of humiliation. But here is something very important. While you are alive and while I am alive, God is not humiliating us as human beings. Because humiliation, as we learned, is not producing godliness. It produces a slave's mindset. It produces slaves that love to lord over others. It produces criminals in the name of justice. God is not humiliating people But God calls people 
for humility. He is differentiating between humility and humiliation. And there is a huge difference. Let, let us look at that difference. What is humility in God's concept? We learned so far that the Latin low to the ground is not the biblical metaphor for humility, but rather it is a metaphor for triumphant oppressor over defeatist victim who capitulated his allegiance to God, surrendering to Satan and to the beast. This is what Lucifer did. And this is where Lucifer wants to keep us. But the biggest humiliation for Lucifer was to turn from or is yet to be turned into a lump of dust from being a light bearer of God. The biggest humiliation for Adam was to turn from being the prince of God into a lump of dust. This is where Satan wants to keep people because he knows then that he won when you are dust. This is where the beast of seven, of Daniel 7, 7, is taking his image from. He is acting exactly as Satan did. Satan devoured Adam's reliance on God, his image of God, and his God-given identity. Adam turned from being an appointed governor of the earth into a subservient of Satan on earth. The best of Daniel, pardon me, the beast of Daniel does not devour bodies. You can see these horrible movies about the beast that devour. It's not about bodies. It's a symbolic language. He is after shredding to pieces and devouring the image of God in you. And after that, your remains are worth of dust. While Satan and the beast wants to bring every child of God down into the dust, low to the ground. God is working to bring all his children back to him, recreating them in his image. He is working down in the ground to bring his children up. And that distinguishes between the humility of Latin world down to the ground and humility of God up at God's throne. In addressing Lucifer, God named the cause that made Lucifer to be thrown to the ground because of the splendor you corrupted your heart. Because is a cause, is a pointing, a pointer to a cause. 
In addressing Adam, God named the same cause. Because you have listened to your wife. Because. Humility, friends, is when you distinguish God's voice as the cause of your existence from your own fantasies. Humility is a call to God to know the God, your creator, and to stay faithful to him, allowing not other things or beings to become the cause to determine the change and trajectory of your existence. That is humility. Humility does not trade God creator for self-appointed deity. Humility does not build a tower of Babylon of Babel as another means for salvation. Humility does not present the pro, resent the promised land for the goods of Egypt. Listen carefully. Humility is not a jellyfish type of character being physically and morally feeble, pushed and pulled to and fro and fro into becoming all what people want you to become. Humility is not a shameful nothingness which stays down to the ground in a slave state mindset. Humility is when you are remaining in full integrity, faithful to God, your creator, and faithfully guard your Christ-like image in you, regardless of the condition of life. There is more to talk about humility. But I would save that for next time. The next sermon title would be What is the character of the humblest person? But today I want to leave you with the question. Who is the humble one that shall enter the land? Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you that we do not have to feel like we are mad. Because humility is not about remembering the substance we came from, but is about remembering who created us in your image. And I pray that that mindset of humility would become ours, that you will free us from unneeded shame and guilt, from unneeded burden that beast has placed on us. Let us be free and look not to the ground, but look up to you and grow with you into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.